Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. It's Anthony Cazenza with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast coming at you for the Bengals NFL week start news jump. We've got a lot going on, a lot to share, kind of like usual, but uh, you wouldn't really expect so much going on with the draft in the rearview mirror. The schedule release is coming out this week, so I'm sure there's going to be more to talk about with that, but we've got a whole bunch more to to talk about and i'm seeing a lot of what's going on and a great let's just start the day off with a great vibe by doug mcmenamin from our youtube channel just saying anthony just want to say thank you to you and john uh for keeping the Bengal fandom informed look forward to you every week appreciate that doug and i appreciate all of you whether you tune in live to this show or wednesday deep dive show the listener questions live that we do a couple times a month whatever it is on this program all of the programs on the Orange and Black Insider. We appreciate all the support that you continue to show us. Can't thank you enough. Appreciate all of you guys and gals out there who tune in. Let's get to a lot of a lot of different stuff here. We've got a lot to get to. And like I mentioned, we're, I'm going to share my screen. For those of you who are new, we call this the water cooler chat because not a lot of us are in offices. Well, some, some of you are going back, I guess, but not everybody's in a true office setting quite at this at this moment in time. And so we get to kind of come together and talk Bengals football, talk about what's going on in the division, talk about the rest of the NFL and some of the news and notes as, uh, you know, as you would in an office setting with your colleagues, your coworkers, your friends, all that good stuff. So let's get to a bunch of different stuff. We're going to start it off. We're going to go a lot we're going to do a lot of stuff on cincyjungle.com in terms of what I'm sharing on the screen, but we're going to go all over the place. We've got a lot of different news pieces to share, and we're going to try and credit as many great people and contributors out there as possible. Let's go to something that kind of broke a little bit on Monday and a bit of interesting news in terms of the Cincinnati Bengals and how they may want to round out the rest of their receiving core and the offense. They are showing Interest following the NFL draft in D.D. Westbrook, a fast and pretty productive wide receiver, really was kind of a little bit of a victim of some poor Jacksonville teams that he was a part of. But uh, you see the tweet by Josiah Anderson. This is on CincyJungle.com. Over the weekend, some Chiefs players reached out to free agent wide receiver D.D. Westbrook to gauge his interest in coming to Cincinnati. Meanwhile, both the Vikings and the Bengals have had preliminary conversations with Westbrook as well. He was the 2016 Bolitnikoff Award winner in college, was a rookie in 2017. He did have, if you look here, he did have an ACL injury last season. 
and he had 101 receptions and 66 receptions in 2018 and 2019. So a guy that could come in and kind of be a, a niche player in the Bengals offense. I mean, he'd probably be wide receiver four, wide receiver five um, in a group of six. That's, uh, you know, if they bring him in, that's all of a sudden becoming a very crowded group. You want to probably hang on if you're the Bengals to Stanley Morgan for special teams purposes. You probably also want to hang on to, um, you know, obviously Auden Tate and others in that group, but you did lose three in free agency from that position group. So the Bengals are looking to round that group out potentially with D.D. Westbrook, they kind of had some some interest with Kenny Galladay. That didn't really materialize into anything that was noteworthy. So the Bengals now are looking at kind of plan B options as they only went with one true wide receiver in the NFL draft and Jamar Chase. But they could be looking at backup slot options, that sort of thing. They did bring in Riley Lee's an interesting undrafted free agent, an intriguing guy who can do a lot of different things, maybe help you out on special teams and in the slot. We'll see what happens there. Maybe he could be the next uh, undrafted guy that makes the Bengals roster. Seems to kind of be a yearly tradition wherein one of those guys kind of surprises folks and sneaks on to the team. So we'll see what happens here. But the Bengals are indeed interested, at least to some degree, in D.D. Westbrook, a former wide receiver of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's keep moving on here. Going to keep sharing some different things. Good to see everybody. I'm seeing a lot of what's up, everybody. Uh, hello, hello. Good to see you all. Moving on to this is kind of important as well in terms of news. The full schedule of Bengals offseason programs have been released. This is courtesy of my usual co host, John Sheeran on cincyjungle.com. So you can see here. This article is up on there, but here is the offseason program. You've got rookie mini camp opening this week. So Jamar Chase, Jackson Carmen, Joseph Osai, and the rest of the group is set to come here a little bit later in the week. Uh, so the Bengals need to uh, get acclimated to all of those folks as well and then of course you've got OTAs on the 25th through the 27th uh, June 1st through the 3rd and then of course you've got it June 7th through the 10th and then mini mandatory mini camp 15 through 17th of June and of course let's scroll down here uh, that's I guess sort of it to the, at this point in time. So Bengals are got, got their hands full with the practice schedule and what they will be doing. Obviously we'll be keeping a close eye on what's happening later this week. Hopefully, 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 hopefully fingers crossed, no injuries, no issues with that. We want no part of that with this, particularly with this class, which I think a lot of people are myself included are believing will be very, very critical to the team's success this year and will probably need to play. Uh, some of these guys will need to play some big roles pretty early here. So that's something that the Cincinnati Bengals will obviously be watching. But that is kind of what we're looking at over the next couple of months in terms of offseason programs going forward and um, what the Bengals – we'll be engaging in over the next couple of months. And then of course we've got training camp, hopefully with everything kind of, you know, the, the vaccine and all kinds of different stuff. Hopefully we're now talking about a true 
type of training camp preseason, obviously preseason lessened with the regular season game being approved, the additional regular season game being approved. But now, you know, there seems to be more of a true training camp, a little bit more of a true preseason that's going to be on tap for, for the, the Bengals and the rest of the NFL, which is a good thing. You got to like that. So um, good to see everybody. I'm seeing some more hellos and all that. Good to see everybody in all the live chats, whether you're joining us on Cincy Jungle's Facebook page on the Orange and Black Insiders Twitter account, Cincy Jungle's Twitter account, or our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe not only to the Orange and Black Insider YouTube channel. I think it's somewhere around here where you can click and subscribe. Uh, so click that, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and then also be sure to subscribe to the Cincy Jungle podcast channel on your favorite audio streamer so you can get notified from both platforms when new episodes are available, when we're going live, all that good stuff. So, And you got to like that Cincy Jungle Facebook page as well and that tw- the Twitter account so you get notified there too if that's your preferred way to watch. But good to have all of you with us. Let's keep rolling here if you guys are... Willing to hang out with me and uh, go into some more some more news. This one, let's see where we're going next. Okay, more roster news, and I guess this may have been expected based on what the Bengals have done in the NFL draft and in free agency, but this was on Twitter from DEC Management, a sports management uh, Twitter account. Christian Covington is now signed with the... Los Angeles Chargers, almost called him San Diego Chargers, but he is now a Charger, a guy who was brought in for depth last year and really came in and played a significant role. The Bengals traded for him and, uh, you know, made a made a move for him. And he came in and, you know, was originally thought of to be a rotational guy and came in and played a, a significant number of snaps with the team. Um, he has moved on to the Chargers with the Bengals, investing in Larry Ogunjobi, Tyler Shelvin getting Josh Toku back and Mike resigning Mike Daniels. There just didn't seem to be a lot of room for Covington, who was a one-year stopgap kind of option for the Bengals. But they went that route, and the Chargers are now um, are, are are now the team of Christian Covington. So that was something that kind of came by over the news wire somewhat recently as well. Let's talk more about what we will be seeing this week from the Cincinnati Bengals in the rookie minicamp. They have a couple of invitees that they uh, didn't sign as UDFAs, but they're inviting them in quarterback Eric Dungy and wide receiver receiver Jimmy Robinson. I saw someone else in one of the live chats talking about Jimmy Robinson, but these are two guys who are coming in and going to get a shot of some kind um, on May 14th. Uh, he Dungy was out of Syracuse. He's a quarterback there. And uh, Bethune-Cookman receiver Jimmy Robinson uh, could pique the Bengals' interest as well. Um, so the, the, the question becomes what the, how comfortable the Bengals are at backup quarterback um, behind Joe Burrow. I mean, they, they like what they saw last year. Um, you know, and, and they moved on from Ryan Finley, but they're looking for more depth. And so obviously they're, they're kind of kicking some tires on some, some players here. You've got Jimmy Robinson, who he had 1,512 all purpose yards in 2018. He's, he's very quick and he is very shifty. A 4.28 40 yard dash 
has Robinson been clocked at? So, you know, that could be one of those guys too, that all of a sudden with a, I mentioned, it looks like we're now going to have at least something akin to a normal training camp, a normal preseason. And these are the types of guys that benefit for that. A Jimmy Robinson, um, a guy like Jaquez Patrick, the running back, we spoke about him on last Wednesday's show, who was, you know, a, a UDFA last year, didn't get a chance to really play, and he's still on the Bengals roster. Now the Bengals brought in two other running backs, Puka Williams and Chris Evans, in, in this year's rookie crop that they brought in. So now you've got guys like Patrick, guys like Robinson, who are looking to really show up and play well on whatever snaps they may get in the preseason in training camp and mini camp invites. So, um, you know, these are, these are the guys that, that could impress. And that's what these, these spring and summer workouts are, are really for, for some of these guys is to get them a, give them a shot, give them a look and see exactly what, uh, how they can contribute to the Bengals. And we'll see what happens there. I am pretty intrigued by Jimmy Robinson. Someone had asked some, I, I couldn't see who it was in one of the live chats there, but it's someone had asked something about him and yeah, pretty intriguing in terms of skill set and all kinds of different stuff there, but we'll, we'll see, you know, again, if it, it could become a tougher hill to climb if the Bengals do indeed sign DD Westbrook, which we talked about a couple minutes ago too. So, um, Hey, depth is good. Competition is good. We've seen this team be ravaged in a number of different areas by injury over the past couple of, of seasons. So they need to get some depth. They need to be able to overcome injuries. God forbid, if they happen to important players, once again, and it looks like they're putting their, themselves in position to do so. So um, good on the Bengals there. Let's keep talking about these Bengals. And, of course, this is big training camp news. This is courtesy of Tyler Dragon and company over at the Cincinnati Inquirer. Uh, Trey Hopkins' left knee is, quote, doing well after off-season surgery. Um, we kind of heard some rumblings about that, but this is another update that was provided as of Monday. So, you know, again, this is kind of a, a big, quietly a big thing. Everybody's rightfully focusing on Joe Burrow's injury. You've also got CJ Uzama coming back from in, a, a big injury. And now you've got Trey Hopkins, who, uh, you know, it, last game of the season, um, he, he tore his ACL. So now that's a... That's something to kind of monitor here, but it says, according to Hopkins, and this is again from the Cincinnati Inquirer, my knee is doing well. I've been blessed to have a pretty smooth run. It feels good. Everything I've been asked to do hasn't been an issue. Quote, I try and look at it like work. All I know how to do is work anyway. It's just more work. I go in there and do what's asked of me. I run on it and I push as hard as I can so far in my career. That's worked for me, and that's what I'm hoping gets me through this thing. Go check out that article on uh, the Cincinnati Inquirer from Tyler Dragon and company. They do great work over there. But here's here's the thing. I, I worry about, you know, a, a bigger guy like that. You know, obviously there's a little bit more – the knee's got to bear more weight. That's just kind of – and then, of course, the position he plays, there's, you know, thrusting and all kinds of different – movement that is necessary and and you got to have that knee back at full strength i will say this I, I that when it occurred worried me and obviously the the fact that he's a larger guy just in general worries me in terms of timeline of return but if you know anything about trey hopkins and if you look at his career arc to with uh, you know with the cincinnati Bengals, if you doubt this kid you will be proven wrong 
It's a guy who's an undrafted free agent. He's battled injuries, battled injuries, battled injuries, battled being buried on the depth chart, on and off the active roster, ended up coming in, playing well, getting a starting job, and then parlaying that into a lucrative contract for himself and becoming one of the better Bengals offensive linemen. And so if you're betting against this kid, I would not. Uh, I would not do that. He, he has proven a lot of people wrong, especially at the pro level. So it sounds good. It sounds promising that Hopkins will be back and he is rehabbing well. Let's just let's keep the thumbs up and uh, hoping that that continues. But some interesting updates there from Lindsey Patterson, Tyler Dragon and company at the Cincinnati Inquirer. Speaking of Lindsey Patterson, if you follow her on Twitter, she posted a couple of pictures And again, we're going with the theme of offensive lineman injury update. Now, Jonah Williams uh, got some new ink there. Looks like nice, nice sleeve work going on the uh, the left arm there, but getting a lot of workouts and he is working out with Joe Staley, uh, former 49ers, great offensive lineman uh, along with Roberto Wallace. I think this is probably in, uh, if I'm not mistaken, maybe more of the Bay area or central California. I think that's where Jonah Williams is from, but, they're working out in California, my neck of the woods, and uh, he is getting some some big work in. Now, if you remember, Jonah Williams also was hurt at the end of last season. This is from Roberto Wallace's at time performance, apparently an Instagram photo there, getting some on-field work too is Jonah. He's looking pretty fit, and, and uh, it's good to see him doing some work. Jonah also had a late-season injury. Thankfully, there was nothing torn or anything like that. But he has also experienced some injuries. A very, I mean, I know we're all expecting or hoping that Jackson Carmen comes in and plays very well for the Bengals, namely potentially at that starting right guard spot. But also, you know, I know we're hoping Riley Reef comes in and plays well at right tackle. Hopefully Hopkins comes back and plays well. But Jonah Williams is obviously a key, key player on that offensive line, he needs to stay healthy. He needs to take the next step in his career. Hopefully he does so, and it looks like he's taking it seriously. As of uh, as of you know this week, I, I'm seeing here GC3 says, I think time is near Escondido, which would be more of the San Diego County area. So that's a little bit closer to me. That's um, kind of east, northeast San Diego, Escondido, if that's true. We'll see. But uh, – Good to see him working out, getting out there, and keeping at it, not letting some of these injury frustrations catch up. Now, we're going to relay this. This is – and we got to give some kudos here to a couple of other uh, counterpart podcasts that we have that are not part of our network, but they do great work. Um, some of the folks over at All Bangles, obviously we know uh, Jake and James who do the the Locked On Bengals, they do a great job. Uh, Nicole Zembrode also and Elise Jesse have been over at All Bengals, have been interviewing quite a few um, prominent former Bengals and, and whatnot in the recent history. And Nicole Zembrode talked to Jim Breach about Evan McPherson. This is through CincyJungle.com. We relayed that podcast, but you can go to All Bengals and find out, uh, check out that interview. Really, really Uh, solid tidbits from Breach. Um, Talking about Evan McPherson, specifically the Bengals' fifth-round pick, quote, he's very gifted. You see the height he gets off the ball, very consistent on his swing. I don't know that I'd compare him to anybody, but I think he's going to do really, really well. I'm excited for him. So 
go check out that interview there. I know the All Bengals crew and the Locked On Bengals crew do some great work there. And I know also, I think he was in here earlier, Strawberry Ice. He also has a great show. We've been lucky enough to be guest hosts on that, or I guess uh, guests on that show. And he had Dave Lapham on that show recently. I have not caught up with that interview. I had kind of a busy Mother's Day weekend, but go check out his show too. Great guy, great program. Good to see him there too. But a lot of a lot of cool shows, doing a lot of cool things, and uh, we want to give them props. So check out that interview. It's The article is up on cincyjungle.com, or you can go to All Bengals and check out Nicole Zembrot's interview with Jim Breach, who, by the way, uh, is now – we got to – I got to see if I can pull this up here. He is one of the Bengals. This was a little bit a little bit older news, but we should talk about this here. Jim Breach was actually one of the 17 nominees for the inaugural class of the Bengals Ring of Honor. That was announced. So you see here you've got, of course, you've got Anthony Munoz and Paul Brown. They are in no matter what. Now you've got 17 other nominees. This is on Bengals Twitter account. Ken Anderson, Willie Anderson, Jim Breach, James Brooks, Chris Collinsworth, Isaac Curtis, Corey Dillon, Boomer Sison, David Fulcher. And then we've got a couple more here. Chad Johnson, Tim Crumry, Dave Lapham, Max Montoya, Lamar Parrish, Ken Riley, Bob Trumpy, Reggie Williams. All incredibly, incredibly important and talented players in Bengals history. All worthy of being in the ring of honor, especially at some point there. But we talked about Jim Breach, and we would be remiss if we did not talk about the rest of the Bengals who are set to be, uh, or at least nominated for the Ring of Honor. So check out that. And I, I think if you are a specific seat holder, you can participate in the voting. So make sure you do that if you have uh, season tickets and are able to vote for this because it's a cool thing. Cool thing. Moving forward. Let's talk a little bit more about these rookies coming in. The Bengals drafted a, who many feel is a steal in the third round, and Joseph Osai, kind of a fun little interview tidbit, talking about which AFC North he would like to sack the most if given the opportunity. And he spoke with uh, Bengals reporter Marissa Contepelli on a recent interview Quote, I want to go with Big Ben because he was one of the very first football uh, players I ever watched when I moved, first moved to America. Uh, but then there's a natural rivalry with Baker and me with the Texas, with Texas and OU, so it'll be interesting. But all of them will be great. Sacking all of them would be awesome. Big Ben, I guess, you know, again, it's just kind of a nostalgia thing for Osai. I would say probably the most difficult and arguably the most important quarterback that he needs to sack was not mentioned among the trio of other AFC North quarterbacks. That would be Lamar Jackson. He seems to run wild on the Bengals. And a guy like Osai, who has a lot of athleticism and upside, hopefully can help corral a guy like Lamar Jackson. Um, Big Ben, obviously still very productive and is a Hall of Fame quarterback, probably will be uh, pretty productive again this year, but you know his mobility is definitely lessened compared to where he was earlier in his career where defenders would just pinball off of him when they tried to bring him to the ground. So hopefully, hopefully Osai gets his, his hands on all those guys 
and brings them to the brings them to the turf because that is a, an aspect of the Bengals defense that is sorely needed and why the Bengals drafted him in the third round. I let's see where do we want to go next. I, we'll just do this quick one here since we're talking about the Bengals draft class. This is in regards to the Ring of Honor and the Bengals second round pick this year, Jackson Carmen. We talked about Willie Anderson being eligible for the Ring of Honor and Jackson Carmen, who has been working with Willie Anderson and also Paul Alexander, by the way, that's another great one. We'll, we'll just quickly share that one too in just a sec. Another great interview um, that was by the All Bengals and Locked On crew that, that you should check out too. Um, Willie, quote, Willie Anderson is the definition of the GOAT, greatest of all time. I definitely think he should have a gold jacket around him sometime soon. And just for him to be part of my journey, I could not have been blessed more, Jackson Carmen said on Ring of Honor nominee Willie Anderson. And this was a couple days ago. I think this was uh, Saturday. Saturday was when this tweet was put out by the Bengals Twitter account. So good stuff there by... Jackson Carmen talking about mentor Willie Anderson. And then, of course, just quickly, I will share this one. You can check out the – look at us, just promoting other shows. That's that's what we're about, man. That's what we're about. We're about spreading the love. The podcast uh, by James Rapine and Jake Liskow. Go check out the interview with Paul Alexander talking about Jackson Carmen passing on Panay Sewell, Frank Pollock, and everything. So uh, another good one by those guys over there as they continue their awesome work on their podcast. Here is a fun one. This is from Cincy. Well, this is on CincyJungle.com, but basically how NFL mock drafts are predicting the Bengals 2021 season to go. So this is by Nathan Begley on uh, CincyJungle.com. You can see here. Oh boy. Oh, boy, not high expectations if you kind of run the table. CBS Sports, the Bengals land the fourth overall pick. Touchdown Wire, which is from USA Today, Bengals land the fourth overall pick. Bleacher Report, Bengals land the fourth overall pick. Bleeding Green Nation, Bengals land the fourth overall pick. Pro Football Focus, Bengals land the fourth overall pick. Yard Barker, Bengals land the sixth overall pick. I don't know. I, I haven't completely look you you'll need to go to uh cincyjungle.com and click each one of those respective links as to their reasoning but it seems as if it's the old they didn't take the offensive lineman at number five they went with the wide receiver and they are now doomed because they did they went that route and not the other route go figure i don't know but it uh, the prognosticators had many many different uh, blogs and whatnot are saying Bengals aren't going to be very good this year, and they're going to land yet another top five pick. According to their takes, the third top five pick in a row, um, and and the third top five pick that Zach Taylor will have earned if they prove to be co- correct there. So, yikes! I don't know. I don't know if I like that. I see James Spencer here. They call us a small market team, so they. Chat bubbles were an easy target. Yeah. Um, cringe wizard here, our buddy. Bengals will be picking no longer than 15 next draft. True. Neil Townsend. Haters going to hate AC. I get it. I get it. I get it. So take that for what you will, I guess. 
But on the good news side, the Bengals, per ESPN, got a good value from their trade with the Patriots. And, of course, the trade was when the Bengals moved back in the second round. They got the guy they were targeting in Jackson Carmen, Clemson offensive lineman. They moved back eight picks from 38 to 46. New England gave up two fourth-round picks. And so the Bengals said, yes, thank you very much. We'll get our offensive lineman that we like, maybe not that the fans like, maybe not that the pundits liked as much. We'll get the offensive lineman we like, and we'll take those four other picks, and we'll parlay them into two other guys that we like as well. And who did they take? Tyler Shelvin, the massive, massive defensive tackle out of LSU. Yeah, a limited player and probably a a role player on rundowns only, but that's a role that's going to be needed in the AFC North. And then, of course, you've got the athletic and promising developmental offensive tackle out of East Carolina, Deontay Smith. So that's who the Bengals were able to parlay that trade into. Two more picks to shore up two of the weaker areas on their football team, the offensive and defensive line. So we can... We can say, well, I mean, you, you could have Eichenberg and then maybe one of Deontay Smith, Tyler Shelvin, and and Cam Sample, or you know, you know, Liam Eichenberg, or one, you know, one of the, all those people if they stayed put and picked that, maybe it would have been even still been Jackson Carmen if they if they didn't take this trade. Maybe they still would have picked him at thirty eight. I don't know, but. They were able to move back, get the guy that they claimed that they really liked in this draft in terms of offensive linemen in round two, round three kind of area. They got him, and they were able to parlay that into two other players that they like for the defensive line. So I know it wasn't the most popular decision. I know you go, oh, gosh, trade back again. Bengals want to trade up, trade up. But wasn't wasn't where the value was. The value was in the trade, and that's what the Bengals executed. So – That, uh, and according to ESPN, that was uh, analytics writer Seth Walter, by the way, top five most valuable draft day trades. You can find that article linked on cincyjungle.com. So credit to them. Let's get to a couple of different, well, let's go one more fun one with the Bengals. Then we'll get to some AFC North and rest of NFL news as well. Oh, Chad. Chad. Johnson slash Ocho Cinco. He was offered a fight in the Adam Jones Mayweather Paul undercard. Uh, he was offered he was offered a fight versus Adam Jones in the Mayweather Paul undercard. So, a lot of you may have seen the viral videos going on, uh, on around uh, one of the Paul brothers and Floyd Mayweather, where he did the old uh, elementary school to, to to Floyd Mayweather. I got your hat. I'm trying to run off with his hat before all of the bodyguards swarmed him, but. Uh, Chad Johnson was, was offered to fight. He turned it down apparently. Uh, and if, if you do follow Chad, which I don't know if you're on social media, why you would not, you do follow Chad. He was at the last, one of the last fights. I think it was a UFC fight where there was an upset and he may have lost some money. I don't know, but, uh, he, he flatly refused to fight Jones. Um, and this, oh, this was actually Pac-Man Jones. That's funny. Um, but Johnson wasn't going to do it. So uh, I, I, that's just, and, and uh, I don't know. That's, 
that just seems to be a little bit of a head scratcher there. But some fun one and, and uh, some fun news and one I guess we could all get a little chuckle out of. But there will not be a, a Pac-Man Jones and a Chad Johnson slash Ocho Cinco fight uh, to kick off the Jake Paul Floyd May- Mayweather fight. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know how I would have felt if that fight would have come to fruition. And what a great, <laughs> what a great segue and kickoff to talking about our sponsor, Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L. Not, nothing like segueing nicely from the fight card with Ocho Cinco and Pac-Man Jones potentially into Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L, the Website, simbull.app slash OBI. You get a $10 deposit bonus when you sign up using the promo code OBI. And what is Symbol? It is the stock market for sports. You can trade sports teams like stocks. You can earn cash when your teams win and get some money playing a different type of, I guess, fantasy type of sports. If you like fantasy football, if you do some sports betting, if you're into playing the true stock market, this is a fun avenue for sports fans, football fans to follow. Now, it's not just in the football realm. It's not just the Cincinnati Bengals realm. It actually goes in, in a lot of major sports. But they are uh, they, they specifically approached us because of the outlook of the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, that $25 a share you're seeing on the graphic here in terms of the Bengals' value, that's a little inaccurate at this point because I think a lot of people have started to catch on, but it is still a value buy. You can still get the $10 deposit bonus when you sign up using the promo code OBI so you can invest in the Bengals. And when they start winning some games and surprising some people, not getting that fourth overall pick in 22 like some of those prognosticators predicted, you can make some money on this team as more and more people try to invest. But like anything with the stock market, it's it, the goal is to buy low, sell high, you're still able to buy the Bengals at a pretty solid value, and hopefully they start winning some games and make you some money. So go to S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot A-P-P backslash O-B-I. Use the promo code O-B-I, and you get a $10 deposit bonus. Go check it out. Fun stuff. Let's transition to the AFC North. The Browns just keep uh, – a lot of people felt that they did well on draft day. This is a tweet by at PFF underscore college, which is PFF draft. The Cleveland Browns are the only team with an A-plus draft grade in both 2020 and 2021. Now, you couple that with some savvy free agency moves and knowing them seemingly knowing what their identity is, which is run the football, set up play action, and then when you're able to set up play action, you can get the ball downfield to an OBJ or a Jarvis Landry. They seem to know what they want to do and who they are and uh, paid off for them last year. We'll see what happens this year. They've had, according to PFF grades, they were the only team the past two seasons to get an A-plus draft grade by their metrics. So I think we all thought that the Cleveland Browns had a good draft. That is basically corroborating it, especially if you're a PFF nerd like myself and a lot of other folks. Corroborates that. This is some predictable news with the Baltimore Ravens, but it became official. Alejandro Villanueva did sign with the Ravens uh, back just, I think it was a day after we last took the air for this episode on May 5th. And he 
did so because he was incentivized to play against his former team. His former team basically said, thanks for everything. We don't think he can play anymore. So bye-bye. And so Villanueva is now on the Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens traded Orlando Brown. They do get Ronnie Stanley back. So, you know, they're going to kind of do some, do some different things on the offensive line. Hopefully they can, at least for them, hopefully they can get a year or two of productivity out of Villanueva, kind of a bridge guy. Maybe they, you know, they look uh, to, to do some things in the next couple of drafts in terms of developmental offensive linemen. But this is, uh, he is now with the Baltimore Ravens and this is on BaltimoreRavens.com, courtesy of Ryan Mink, who is a staff writer there. Go check out what Villanueva had to say and, I just thought it was interesting that he wanted to specifically go to Baltimore for the ability to play his old team and really try and stick it to him. So here's one from the lovable, lovable Pittsburgh Steelers, but this is a very cool story. Uh, assistant coach. It's, this is called a major honor for Mitchell Mitchell, uh, John Mitchell, who is an assistant coach for, the Pittsburgh Steelers is now going to be enshrined in kind of a a cool organization here. You see National Junior College Athletic Association Foundation Hall of Fame. And you can see some of the names he is going to be joined by in the inaugural class. Bob McAdoo, Larry Brown, George Killian. Lee Plarsky, Cheryl Swoops, Knight, Dick Knight Train Lane, uh, all on June 24th. So, um, you know, the junior college, he went to Eastern Arizona Junior College, and then he got a scholarship, parlayed that. And, you know, there are some a lot of players in the NFL who have gone the junior college, community college route. And then, you know, I, I think if I remember correctly, Cam Newton was one prominent player who was once a community college, left Florida, went to a community college, and then, went to Auburn. So, you know, I mean, there, there are a lot of stories of guys coming out of community colleges, junior colleges and, and going pro. So cool stuff for the Steelers assistant coach transitioning more into macro NFL news. Here's a big one that came across the wire on Monday. The Jaguars are planning to sign. This is on Ian Rappaport's Twitter account at rap sheet. The Jaguars are planning to sign QB turned tight end Tim Tebow to a one-year deal for me and Tom Pelissero, a deal that could be official in the next week or so. Nothing done yet, but he'll have a chance to make a team to reunite. So he'll get a shot. He's going to get a contract. He's going to be reunited with Urban Meyer, who coached him at Florida. And Tim Tebow, who is now 33 years old, is going to return to the NFL, play a different position. I think he hasn't played in like, what, eight or nine years or something? Is that right? Um, so he's coming back to the NFL and it's probably going to be a short term. I, I don't see really how this will, I don't want to doubt. That's another guy you don't ever want to doubt either, but I don't really see a lot of light at the end of this tunnel, I guess, for Tim Tebow in terms of making the team being on the final roster. But obviously he's one of Urban Meyer's favorites. Maybe there's a specific niche, you know, an H-back type role where he can do some things, maybe even run the ball out of a shotgun formation, do some different things. I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't count this kid out, but I would also 
you know, I, I tend to believe that Urban Meyer has a specific vision if he's going to bring a guy like Tim Tebow in and make this kind of odd move for his football team. Obviously, it's also a little bit to move the needle. Tim Tebow was big in Florida. The team is really, really a buzz with Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne joining the team. So I don't, you know, this isn't also a, you know, the, the whole thing with Tim Tebow in years past was, you know, is he going to be a distraction for other young quarterbacks or what have you? Because the fan base that he that comes with him, you know, will always clamor for him to get a starting job. That's not the case here because um, he's not going to be playing quarterback. He's going to be playing tight end apparently or some form of it. So that's kind of been the big news. Here's some more big news and we'll, we don't really, I haven't, cited this website as much as I guess I should. Um, but pro football talk is one of many sites out there noting that the Colts are signing Eric Fisher, the former chief who won your deal. Uh, he was the former number one overall pick got an injury last year. Obviously it was a gigantic issue for the Kansas city chiefs in the super bowl. Patrick Mahomes was hit sacked, harassed throughout that entire game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But Eric Fisher is going to Indianapolis on a one-year deal. Indy's got a, a team that is really, I don't know what you want to call it. Scratch it, makes you scratch your head, piques your interest. It, I mean, they've got uh, Carson Wentz now. They, had, they drafted Jacob Eason. They had Phillip, but they've kind of done these – veteran rental deal things and see how it plays out. You know, they did with Philip Rivers last year and I don't know. I, they're kind of doing, doing these big name guys on short-term contracts, see how it plays out. They've been a very competitive team over the past couple of years. Haven't been able to get over the hump. Hopefully for them, Wentz is the answer, but we'll see. Speaking of the Super Bowl and Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they re-signed a guy who, uh, was part of Andy Dalton's draft class back in 2011. A lot of folks thought the Bengals should pass on A.J. Green to draft Blaine Gabbert. They did not. They drafted A.J. Green and then they drafted Andy Dalton, but Blaine Gabbert re-signs as the fourth quarterback to the Tampa Bay roster, back potentially backing up Tom Brady. So he has signed there. Some really, really sad and somber news and I don't want to – we've got a little bit more to get to. I don't want to end on this one because it is a really, really sad story. But Tyrell Cohen, this is on NFL.com, the twin brother of Bears running back Tariq Cohen. And Tariq Cohen, unfortunately, last year also was injured for most of the year. So uh, he's trying to make a comeback himself. He was found dead. His twin brother, Tariq, Tariq Cohen's twin brother, Tyrell Cohen, twin brother, found dead at age 25. The thought is that uh, he was found – at a North Carolina electrical substation on Sunday, which is Mother's Day. Uh, and they, they think that uh, he, they said he fled the scene of a car accident in Raleigh early Saturday morning. Um, and then he, he was believed to have died by electrocution while trying to climb power equipment, according to Wake County Sheriff's Office spokesperson, Eric Curry. Oof. So not a good story there. Thoughts, prayers, all kinds of good stuff to the Cohen family and Tariq Cohen. That's not an easy thing to deal with there. So um, 
yeah, some somber news that came across there over the weekend, and hopefully their family is coping with that uh, as best they can. Not, not great news over the weekend. Here are a couple of different to kind of turn the page and try and turn this into uh, <laughs> get away from some of the sad news here. Let's end on a couple more positive notes, I guess. The this is from CBS Sports. Let's just kind of briefly gloss over this one because I think we've kind of heard a lot about this. Basically, Aaron Rodgers trade rumor timeline, how we got here and what comes next for the star QB. This this has not gotten any better, according to sources. Um, there's some people that say it could be re- repaired. Some people that say it couldn't be. I, I think last, was it last week, I mentioned something about how Jake Kumaro was maybe involved. You know, a guy he was a guy that was cut – by Green Bay shortly after they said they want to – it was like a day after they said they want to surround Rodgers with weapons, and Rodgers seemed to have liked Kumaral and what he showed a couple of years ago. They cut him, and so, you know, that ruffled his feathers. Then you drafted Jordan Love instead of getting him, you know, high-profile weapons, and I don't know. There's just a lot of feathers being ruffled there. Aaron Rodgers not happy with what the, the Packers have been doing. So this is a, a – a good read for, you know, if you want to know what's going on, it's a couple days old here, but it's a good read on CBS sports um, in terms of what's going on with the Aaron Rodgers saga there. And what's the latest here's one on the 2022 mock draft already. Yeah. I mean, Hey, we're done with the draft. So we're going, we're going mock draft for next year. And this is by Chris Trapasso, who does a lot of these, for CBS Sports. And what they have, they've got the Texans getting the first overall pick. Thibodeau, Kayvon Thibodeau, a stud from Oregon. If you if you go watch, I actually have a, a little bit of film on him giving Elijah Vera Tucker fits um, on uh, in, in a game last year. So Elijah Vera Tucker was a guard tackle who went this year in the middle of the first as the Jets went and went and got him, they traded back into the first to get him. So, but Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive end out of Oregon, a stud player, projected to go number one overall to the Texans. Spencer Rattler, the quarterback out of Oklahoma, projected to go number two to the Lions, um, who are who dealt Matthew Stafford to the Rams and now have Jared Goff. We'll see how much Jared Goff has left in the tank as a starter which sounds odd to say because he's only been in the league for a couple of years, but there's been some signs of regression there. Derek Stingley, a stud corner out of LSU, uh, going number three to the Jets. And then they have the Bengals not going offensive linemen at number four, but this is one of the sites that have the Bengals having the fourth overall pick. They have seven banks, the cornerback out of Ohio State, good-sized kid. Uh, 6'1", 200, and uh, Trapasso writes, Banks is the next in line at the cornerback spot from the Ohio State program. He has nine pass breakups over his past two seasons for the Buckeyes. Athleticism, production, and pedigree are there for him to go this early. So Bengals may be in need of a cornerback in the first round next year. You know, you've got Trey Waynes. Hopefully he comes back and is plays well this year, but, you know, He's got just a couple years left on his contract after missing all of last year with an injury. They let William Jackson go, and so you know they, they signed Hilton. 
They've got Jadobi Awuzie, but you know they've got some questions there. So that was where Chris Trapasso of CBS Sports went for the Cincinnati Bengals in the 2022 mock draft that just came out. Of course, right after the draft just concluded. Well, everybody, I'm going to get on out of here. I appreciate all of you. We've got a lot of live listeners on a number of different platforms. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can get this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of the major platforms. Go subscribe to the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel so you can get our show. You can get Orange is the New Black by Ace and Zim, as well as Chalk Talk from Matt Minnick. And subscribe to our YouTube channel if you can, so you can join us and get notified when we go live. If you like the video formats of our show, the live interaction formats, we love to have you. So come join us, subscribe to those channels, and we will see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Have a good rest of your week. Hope all of the mothers out there had a great Mother's Day, and stay well. We'll see you next time.